Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. On today's wrestling news, Fox are pissed at WWE over their ratings. CM Punk wins his first television match back in seven years. Brian Danielson scored his first five-star Meltzer-rated match. And the UFC's Jorge Masvidal need Chris Jericho in the face on Rampage. Are you ready? Are you ready for the news time? Yes, my name is Phil Chambers and I'm joined by Gareth Morgan and Salty Sea Dog to talk all of things wrestling on this Saturday morning. Hey, I put you before him this time. So yeah, let's check it. up in the world. Uh, but before we get into it, make sure you subscribe to the channel, like the video, comment down below what you think of all today's stories, and links to each story are in the description below for a click with timestamps, and off you go. But first up, uh, a report coming from Fightful Select, uh, which they have carefully noted have come from sources on both sides on many different levels, are telling them uh, that Fox aren't exactly thrilled with SmackDown's lower-than-expected ratings. Um... Now, there is a flip side to this. Obviously, they do realize that the show is also regularly the highest rated uh, wrestling show on TV. And they've kind of cut them a bit of slack over the whole pandemic situation thing. Um, but they are very unhappy about all of the sort of Peacock and WWE Network hype that appears on the show. Because obviously, NBC owns Peacock and USA, which broadcasts Raw and are kind of competitors with Fox. Um, and uh, uh, in a, on the same part of this, on the WWE side, uh, they just think that if Fox really wanted the big events like SummerSlam and WrestleMania and things, they could have just fucked up the dough for it if they were that bothered. Um, Fox did, however, like promote SummerSlam quite heavily on its in-house platforms like Fox Sports and things like that. Um, and they are sort of pleased that obviously WWE have brought back big stars to SmackDown specifically like John Cena and Becky Lynch and Brock Lesnar and they have seen a bit of improvement since the fans back but you've got to go back to when this deal started yeah I know they're angry like that salty uh, Fox paid 205 million dollars a year for SmackDown um, for a five-year deal that's gonna <laughs> is worth just over a billion dollars to WWE so you can kind of see why the hold of WWE quite highly to the ratings since they've paid this much money. On the flip side of this, in comparison as well, Raw does cost USA, uh, which is obviously owned by NBC, $265 million, which is more, but they get an extra hour of TV. So on a per hour of TV basis, SmackDown and Fox are paying $102.5 million, 
whereas USA are only paying $88.3 million only per hour. Um, so you, yeah, you can kind of see why Fox would be a little bit peeved if they're not getting the ratings that WWE promised them at the beginning of this, because they have forked out a lot of money. <laughs> Yeah, and it is like it's one of those things. They can, nobody could have predicted what's happened over the last year and a half. So that's that's a massive, let's say, yeah. justifier. You could say to a certain extent, yeah. like, like fans disappearing when fans are such a huge part of like wrestling and the Thunderdome and things. It was never yeah. going to do as well. We're seeing now with SmackDown and Raw and everywhere else really that it's just it just gives everything a new energy and just makes you want to tune in. It just helps everything, but. In the long run, I think WWE did promise probably a bit more, well, a lot more than what they've been able to provide at this point. So yeah. I think they probably will give them a bit more leeway, let's say, over the next couple of months just to see what happens, obviously, see if they can just spike those numbers up. But I don't know. Looking over what's happening uh, in the land of all elites, it's, oh, I don't know. It feels like the, the power shift is going towards yeah. Tony Khan and his crew right now. It's... Especially since it seems like WWE... Uh... Um, like countering AEW a little bit more with the way that they program things like we saw in Raw this week uh, and they're feeling like AEW might actually be a bit of competition there and then if they're getting a bit of heat from their um, TV deals from Fox and things like that as well for WWE to up their game I think I know, yeah, who'd have thought it? The, 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 the company that decides to bring in a lot of your ex-talent who are really, really damn talented that you didn't know how to use, suddenly when they start using them well, people start watching. Who'd have thought it? But speaking of this, that's kind of what happened again <laughs> last night. Uh, CM Punk returned for his first TV match in forever. It was like seven years, seven or eight years now at this point, and he beat Powerhouse Hobbs of Team Taz, beat him with the GTS. This was after Hobbs had, like, ran and tackled Hook accidentally off the top of the apron. And the crowd went wild because they like seeing just a minor get knocked off an apron is what it is. Obviously. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Punk was in his trunks. He had his trunks back. So everyone popped at the trunks, which is a weird sentence. Now I admit, now I've said it. <laughs> uh, but it was great. He looked, re again, he looked fresh, Punk. He looked really good. He got busted open at one point from doing um, a Hurricane Rana where Hobbs just landed on his face. It was really extreme. But it was just great. It's it's so it's surreal right now. What a surreal time to be a wrestling fan. We've seen CM Punk just go up against this like next generation. His first two matches have been against youngsters that let's say what a year, two years ago, nobody had really a clue in terms of a casual audience when it came like to the Western sphere at least, who these yeah. dudes were, and now they've both just fought CM Punk. This guy is doing exactly what he promised to do at this point, so more of the same, please. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. Like it was uh, just the other week or something, Hobbs posted on Twitter saying like it was just about a year ago that I got my like Hobbs is all elite little picture out there and now he's facing CM Punk on TV. It's absolutely crazy. Um, but yeah, talking about wrestling crowds. Ah, that crowd's so much fun. That bloody Adam Cole baby pop and the reaction to Eddie Kingston. Fun times. Wrestling is fun again. And speaking of wrestling being fun again, there was quite a fun match on Dynamite this week and Meltzer has finally given Brian Danielson a five-star rated match uh, for the match, obviously, against Kenny Omega on AEW Dynamite that was splendid. Um, in comparison, Kenny Omega has 18 five-star plus rated matches. That's not fair. <laughs> so you can see Meltzer's definitely a fan of Kenny Omega. Uh, yeah. Brian does have six matches that are 4.75 stars from like his time in Ring of Honor and WWE. Uh, but never quite got to the magical five-star number. Now, obviously, this is just one man's opinion. It is just Meltzer. He's already broken his system a little bit. If, like, you, he goes up to seven stars and goes down to, like, minus five stars. So, technically, it's an out of 12 
rating system that he's got. So he's given Brian 10 out of 12, which doesn't sound quite as good. And then, but he also does like 4.75 stars. So really it's a rating system out of what, like 48? Yeah, my head just fell off. That's, uh, that's, that's a lot to keep up with. It is, but yeah, I, he think, deserves it. This is just one man's opinion. He is just a fan of wrestling that started mm. rating things online. They don't really matter that much. But no. it's crazy that it's taken this long to get Brian a five-star match. It really is, because you just look at it. Even his, his back catalogue in WWE, and you can say what you want. And I watched him. He did a really cool podcast. I think it was the wrestling uh, podcast the other day. And he was saying, like, yeah, he's had a lot of good matches in WWE, but he wasn't necessarily able to have a great match because of just the restrictions that are put on you when you're wrestling in WWE. But even with that, some of the matches he had in that 10, 10 years, 10 years plus, it's frightening like how he didn't he didn't get at least one i'd say at a, at a push maybe the triple h one that he had at the start of wrestlemania 30 i love that match that yeah. one didn't get close it's just one against kofi at wrestlemania didn't get there um brilliant match with punk like he's had so many it's just yeah never quite got there Completely deserving for this one, though. Oh, he does. Yeah, oh, yeah, he does. But this match was. Oh, yeah, this is very much else. deserving a five star match. This was an absolute spectacular match that makes you just wonder how much more Brian's run in WWE could have been if they just gave him free reign to do whatever the hell he wants in the ring. I think he got a lot more free reign than anybody else did in WWE. And you can see that when it came out in matches like against. Um, Drew Gulak and things like that. Like he definitely got more free reign than most in that company. But this was on another level, spectacular. And speaking on another level, spectacular, Phil. Thank Here you very much. Thank Here you very go. much. We had the greatest sport in the history of sport, like maybe second place to wrestling. I'm not, I'm not going to alienate myself too much, but UFC people showed up last night in in America. No, New York. That's where we are. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> that's that's I, where they were. I forgot where we were then for a minute, Phil. But yes, that happened because Jorge Masvidal showed up on Rampage and... It was great. Obviously, we had Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. They were taking on the men of the year. You were obviously Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. They had a match. And then they lost that match because Dan Lambert, the founder of American Top Team, he was a bit of a weasel again. And he, he, he like grabbed the heel and like, they had like a little roll-up pin. It all happened. Everyone was like, boo. And then Jericho and Hager started to go after Lambert. And we were like, yes, finally, the heel's going to get the comeuppance. But no, it didn't because all of American Top Team just suddenly arrived. And you had everyone, you had Paige Van Zandt, Junior Dos Santos, Ali Arlovsky, um, Andre Arlovsky, sorry, and just out of nowhere, Jorge Masvidal just dressed up in his, his full-on Versace, like, sweatsuit, and he was casually just sat on the turnbuckle as everyone started beating up Jericho. Paige Van Zandt, like, they, they was stressing the fact that she's a bare-knuckle fighter now, and she started punching the hell out of Jericho's ribs. I was like, oh my god, that's so impressive. And then Jericho stumbled forward. And Masvidal literally just read it and he recaptured the magic of what was his running knee to Ben Askren's face that pretty much put him on the map. He just did it again. Running knee Jericho. And it looked really good. It's such a cool... It's like... I, I think, obviously, we spoke about Daniel Bryan. He's got his running knee. Masvidal's running knee is just something different. I don't know. Because he doesn't, like, fly back or anything else. Obviously, I know it's a legitimate knee. But it just looks so ferocious and the way Jericho sold it I was like oh let, let Masvidal be a wrestler like, that, is, <laughs> that, that is a finisher right there so it was cool it popped the crowd we're not sure what's going to go on with uh, AEW and like American Top Team's relationship going forward whether they're going to strike up maybe a partnership with UFC that is still completely unknown at this point Dana White did say and he praised AEW I think it was last night or the night before he said that he's really good friends like with Tony Khan, the family and the Khan family. And he said he wishes them all the best. And it's really cool that they're just having the success that they're having. So he's not exactly on bad terms with Tony Khan. So I don't know. Stranger things have happened. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, you just said a whole lot of words and names there that just mean absolutely nothing to me, but it was very much good fun watching it all. Uh, and Dan Lambert, of all people, like who had that on your sort of 2021 bingo cards of him coming into AEW and being absolutely incredible and being an absolute heat magnet and just being some of the most entertaining promos on wrestling TV. He's just a fan, though. Gonna happen. It's one of them. You can just see that he really gives a toss about it and doesn't want to be yeah. bad and wants to, he wants his moment. So he's just, he's relishing so in it. Fun. I love it. Uh, but yeah, going to be very interesting to see where they go next with this. But it's good fun times all, all around. Wrestling's fun. But moving on to your Twitter questions today. The first question comes from S. Reed author Kerwell how something it cuts off it's a really long name uh, it says do you think punk will have a tnt title one or perhaps a tag title one and if so who should he team with oh this one's tough because he's come out and already said i think he said it to renee paquette when he, he had his uh, recent podcast thing i think he said he'd like to go with brian and like start beating up the young books and stuff like that which would yeah. admittedly be great <laughs> like you just would but uh, I, I'd like the idea of him just lined up alongside Darby Allen because you got like the two generations of straight edge. Like they just seem like they've got really cool chemistry going against each other. They could probably bring that into being a team and then just have Sting as the manager. Oh, wrestling is really fun. Wrestling's really <laughs> fun right now. Really I just, fun. Oh, I love it. Yeah, that and could happen. Completely taken the one that I was going to go for as well because Darby Allen kind Sorry. of makes Sorry. sense. Uh, I don't think he's going to be anywhere near the TNT title anytime soon, though. I think they'll keep that away from. The likes of punk because he doesn't really need it at the end of the day does he mm. um but speaking of punk let's move on to the next question is jake messinetti who is cm punk's first loss in aw oh i'll say that um it's a tough one because it needs to be somebody who needs it to a certain degree but it doesn't kind of take a lot of shine off. But nothing's really going to take that much shine away from CM Punk, let's be honest. Uh, I'd go Adam Page at the point when he's actually won the belts, when Hangman's like won the belt, because that is happening. I'm telling you it's going to happen. When he beats Kenny Omega for that belt at some point down the line, have him be one of the first massive challengers, and then Punk's coming in off like a big undefeated streak. And it just feels, it gives more luster to Hangman. And you're building this star, which is what, Punk's come in to do. He said it. He said, I'm, I'm quite happy to help this next generation. And the match would be great. I, yeah, I think it'd be really interesting. They've got Hangman who's going through all these obviously drinking issues and everything else. You've got that coming up against Punk Straight Edge. Whether they dip into that, that would be interesting in itself. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll just go straight down like the two characters and just not focus on that at all, which wouldn't surprise me in AW either. So yeah. I'd like that. Interesting. Mine is completely different, uh, but it's Brian Danielson and they kind of keep on going through the AEW ranks and their sort of win-loss record very much mimics each other. So like Punk's at like 2-0 and now, Brian's at 1-0, and and then like Brian will win a match, Punk will win a match, Brian will win a match, Punk will win a match, and it keeps on going like this until they get to the point where they're both like set to be number one contenders for the title, and then they have to come and clash at a big pay-per-view to find out who is going to be their number one contender to take on a Kenny Omega or a Hangman Page or, or whoever it is in the future. And then they finally fight at a massive pay-per-view and it's amazing. And what we always wanted from a CM Punk versus Brian Danielson match way back in the day. And then Brian Danielson wins to beat the best in the world and sort of become the new best in the world. And then goes on Reclaim to- Reclaim his moniker. Yeah, and then goes on to face for the AW title. That's mine. 
Yeah, I'd like that. I mean, it's scuppers my like CM Punk plan, but it's my CM Punk <laughs> hangman plan. But I'd, I'd be happy with that as well. That's what AEW really does to us. <laughs> and the final question of the day comes from I Bring the Dark, who says, "What's your pick for the second best pay per view of 2021? Since we all know that what no, what number one is, obviously, uh, their pick is either Takeover 36 or Money in the Bank." Both very good picks, gotta say. They'd be hype on my list. Uh, personally, like, I quite like Double or Nothing because it felt like one of the first real capacity crowd shows that we'd had in forever. And it was yeah. that was emotional in itself, seeing that. Everyone brought it. It was just a great card, really, from top to bottom. I love the triple threat as well. And it was, yeah, I don't know. I think that's that's for me, personally, because we know, we know who top, the top dog is and... It's very hard to see past that. So yeah. probably, yeah, I'm going to cop out and do another AEW one. Why not? Fair enough. I am not going to cop out and do another AEW one. I'm going to move over to WWE, but I'm going to choose night one specifically of WrestleMania 36 because it was just so much fun. It was just a really, really good, fun, solid show from top to bottom. You had Bad Bunny doing crazy Bad Bunny things on there that we never thought was going to be a huge highlight like that. You had Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks. Like, the top to bottom, that card was just absolutely great and just really, really good fun. And again, crowds were back. It's amazing how much yeah. of a difference the crowds make in these things. Even a rain delay couldn't scupper that show, know, so it was yeah. great. Yeah. And that, that even made it more fun because it was kind of chaos. Good. Samoa good Joe and a poncho. Yay. You're not going to beat that. Uh, but on that note, uh, thank you very much for watching. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, like the video, comment down below what you think of all of today's stories and what your second best pay-per-view of the year is. And while you're at it, you can follow us over on Twitter. You can follow me at FillMyChambers and you can follow Gareth at GMorgan04. And you can follow SaltySeaDog at FillMyChambers over on Instagram though, because it's mainly just pictures of him, let's face it. Um, but that's, yeah, the end of the video. How do we end videos? We say goodbye. Have yourselves a bloody good day. Thanks for watching. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.